Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Treehouse episode 21. Fawful, fawful, pipic. With Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Fawful, fawful, pipic. Uh, that's, that's, that's a real, that's, that's niche. I, I can do niche, but I that is so say, niche. It is, is, so it is an actual thing, isn't it? I'm, I draw no more light on it than that. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Here we go again with another two hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity. Ooh. Show 21. How about that? 21 today. Uh, when, when we get to 100, when we get to 100, then we'll do a... Uh, uh, I've no idea what we but we get a hundred. When we get a hundred, that'll be something, won't we? We might have more than five saps by then. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got we've got a new sap today. I oh, know. Okay, we've I got know, one. And we may have got together the I don't know why no one acts upon it. Let's get crowdfunding, it's Bernie. We've been trying since show one. Uh Bernie went to the song It's Bernie. We can buy that. Okay. Uh, if you listen to the early ones, you'll understand my angst in uh, bringing you this. And also the sausage sandwich game. We can get that together. You know, we live in an age where apparently communication has never been easier. <laughs> can we get two phone lines? <laughs> Taps pencil with teeth, looks at metres. Anyway, uh, very good morning to everybody. And uh, ask me what uh, uh, the, uh, on this day is. What happened on this day, Dan? I've no idea. Oh. I couldn't be bothered to look this morning because I was too oh. distracted by oh, okay. something. And, th- and this this was a, a beautiful distraction. Just change the music here. Just uh, as we established, we were historically topical. You're being historically not topical. Historically well, topical. I can't help it. Uh, by the time I stopped saying "golly," and my <laughs> my eyes starting out from my head, uh, I, 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 there was no time for me to look up, you know, galoshes and things like that that we usually do. Uh, I, I, I get sent a lot of books. Mm-hmm. You know, people sometimes want blurbs on them. They do that. Uh, but uh, here's what I'll do. Uh, this this song, which uh, we always end the show with, right? Three, four. Now that that that's our friend Wisby. Yeah. Uh, but Wisby uh, quite often has a on stage partner when he does some of his readings and things, and okay. uh, and that is Johnny Trunk. Now stay with this, everyone. Uh, and Johnny Trunk um, is one of the more well, the kid ain't hooked up right. That's all there is. He's got his own record label, and uh, but he he specialises in the most peculiar fringe music. He wouldn't mind me saying, and occasionally puts out books. Uh-huh. And I don't say this because you know I know. A little, uh, John, a little, but he sent me this book. Which I uh, can't imagine why he would send you a book on weird no, music. Well, no, it's not. This ain't weird music. This is called Rapper's Delight with a W, right? Okay. Uh, and all it is is a book of old rappings, mainly confectionery. But you'd say that. But there's loads of websites, and and I was a little, you know. So well, it's not usually as mainstream as that from Johnny Trunk. Forward on the book by Jarvis Cocker, by the way. Jarvis oh. Cocker's done the forward on it, and it's been sitting indoors for a couple of weeks. And then I started reading it last night. Oh, it's good. 
converted to brick. <laughs> it's, it's basically a, a, coffee, a little coffee table book just with a couple of thousand uh, mostly disappeared wrappings from mainly confectionery. Now, that's okay. an overplayed thing, especially on the internet, mm. nostalgia for old sweets. You may roll your eyes, which is why I roll my eyes when Johnny Trunkson came through. But once you started getting into this, oh, this is good. Most of them nev- I've never heard of. It's not like you can go, oh, I remember that. Most of these you won't. Oh, OK. And they, and they are astounding. But along the way, and we'll start the show in a minute, found, I found out that... Uh, uh, Kenyon and Son were a, a company started in uh, 1853. Kenyon and Son, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they went on for a while. Uh, and then they uh, just became Kenyons. Right. And then Kenyons Produce. And then KP. <gasps> who's it? I know, all of a sudden you go, oh, that's KP's Kenyons Produce. Kenyons Produce. Uh, and they brought out something called Hercules Nuts. Hercules Nuts. Why they abandoned that for number one KP Nuts, which they did. Mm. Hercules Nuts, madam. Were they huge ones? (laughs) Well, I I probably were. Then again, further on in it, you find out that John Sumner, 1870, uh, sat down with his his associates and they just thought, well, OK, we're importing various things, mainly tea. And John Sumner said, Sumner's teas? What do you think? Mm, something a little more grabbing than that. And they started looking what they might give their tea a dynamic name. And one of them said, here's something, the Chinese word for doctor, Typhu. What? Bang! Huge! Is that the Chinese word for doctor? Typhu. I mean, you ever think, you see, that's the thing with it. You think, oh, Typhu tea, but you never once in your life think, what's Typhu? Typhoon. You only get an ooh. You you, and, and all of these. And, uh, you know, and it goes through uh, uh, different companies like Swizzle to make love hearts and drumsticks mm. and refreshers uh, against Roundtree to make jelly tots, smarties and fruit gums. I go with, <laughs> I go with Swizzle and company there. And so, oh, God, with all yeah. respect to uh, John, I, I just thought then, here's your thing, uh, love hearts, mm. which in themselves have been, you know, Lionized for a long time. But do you know they're centuries and centuries and centuries old, your love hearts? Really? In, yeah. Uh, they're, they're in um, the Merry Wives of Windsor, they're called Kissing Comfits. And they talk oh. about them. Kissing Comfits, they were. They became conversational lozenges. How about that? How's that for a, a proper Victorian Pick name? Pick me up some conversational lozenges Com- while you're out. And they used to have uh, uh, on them... Honour your parents, ye parents. Can you can you polka was popular for a while on them. Honour not strong drink. Come on, mm. pop into a confection. You don't want that. Uh, uh, in America, they uh, they were called. Um, they like the warnings on cigarette <laughs> Exactly, exactly <laughs> that. And then and, and then through the twenties, they were Hepcat, hot your saucy. Oh, you kid! It makes oh, today's one. And, and, and today's ones are just say yes, be mine, kiss yeah. me, you rule. Nice smile. No, no nice smile. Uh, but th- there was a period with the American ones where you, you could, you know, take a love art. That was a lot of fun. Take mm. a love art, turn it over, see what you got. But oh, it, when it went round, when it went round everyone, and it got towards the person you didn't like, like and well, you're, oh, please uh, don't get fancy me, me or fancy yes. me. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, there was uh, uh, in America they uh, they were I think they were called um, honeymoon tablets or something. Mm. Mother knows I'm out, which is a bit odd. Oh. I know. Uh, it's a very small font. All aboard, all aboard. <laughs> I know. Easy. Now look, if you've not heard the show before, Gosh. It's, it's a different. It's not that program. But how about this one? And, th- and this one was online. I found it. I am not too young. Oh. <laughs> 
Absolutely. It's yeah. not Yeah, Ooh. I know. I know. Just, this is a historical look. I mean, I'd hope to get Ken you polka. Uh, <laughs> but a couple of things just before we move on, because this was all spot spurred by this. Um, I don't know if you know this one, in Hackney, 1907, Robert Robertson and his associates, confectioners, sat round saying, well, we've got, we've got something here, we're making a few quid now, opening their own factory. So uh, Robertson's confectionery? No, too much. Uh, uh, well, it should be you, Robert, you're the... Uh, 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 Robertson's uh, gums? No, 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 because we might make more than gums. And then one said, uh, he said, I just don't like my name, you know, just, uh, no, no, OK. We'll turn it around then. Tree ball. <gasps> Never thought of that. Tree ball. Robert. And that, and then that, that's what I'm telling you. This is not your, oh, anyone remember Fab Lollies? This is that. Tree ball. This is that. And along the way, I found out also that uh, Palmer Violets mm. have proved the least popular sweet amongst millennials. And that, never mind the music. I'm the only pe- person that takes... In my family, it's known that I will eat a Palmer Violet. So if any... When the kids get, did, like, did um, you, Halloween, save them from Auntie Louise, she'll eat them. Did you put, used to pretend they were drugs? <laughs> oh, we did at school, did <laughs> we? Still, we we'd, heard about, we'd, we'd heard about... Pur- we'd heard about Purple Hearts. Oh, we used to, of course. <laughs> they make you high. I, I, do they even <laughs> make floral gums anymore? Because they were next level. Floral gums? Floral gums. I think, I'm sure I went out with her in 1972. very perfumed. Oh. Um, like a... Yeah, like a little... Not a jelly tot, because they got sugar on, but they were little... Like jelly tot size, but they, they tasted of perfume. Again, I... I I, I would default I to no one in. I'll give any sweet a go. But, but, but the Palmer Violets, millennials found them the le- Millennials won't touch them. Even when they came up with giant Palmer Violets, apparently they did. Uh, <laughs> but when I was watching the Brits in the week, mm. I certainly weren't one of those. Oh, this ain't music and all of that. All I could do was look out over their, frankly, uh, high on horse faces, horse tranquilizers, and they'll take these days. And I was looking out of their audience thinking, you're too good for Palmer Violets, <laughs> eh? You're too good for Palmer Violets. Peps, what are we doing on this show today? Um, what are we, what are we... Number one, well, sweets, I reckon, after this. <laughs> uh, number one, the most peculiar thing you've seen in a theatre or cinema. Number two, riding in unconventional vehicles. Mm-hmm. Number three, funny old shops. <laughs> and number four, unlikely records your parents like. I, I, I saw it. I, I don't want to thrash the audience. I'll put that another way. I want to thrash the audience. I noticed on Twitter a lot of people thought funny old shops meant funny old shop names. No. no. I mean funny old we're shops. We're beyond that now. Old shops. We're literally I can put this in the back again and we talk about an old shop you were in. And I walked in there. The old curiosity shop. Uh, anyway, uh, perhaps what have we got? Let's start well, with the great correspondence we get. This is Chris in Hampshire, riding in unconventional vehicles. Growing up in the northwest in the 70s and 80s, I was a very keen scout. And each year our troop travelled to Wales for a week-long camp, completely free Wales. of any health or safety. Oh. One of our scout leaders worked on a dairy farm, so he borrowed a cattle truck to transport oh, 40 nice. boys and a mountain of kit that on a two-hour journey to North Wales. That sounds good. Every time we stopped, 30-odd pairs of eyes rushed to the narrow slits to cause consternation <laughs> in surrounding cars. <laughs> As an addition... My primary school football team travelled to away games in a removal van. Great for a kickabout on the way to the game, but meant that the boy whose dad owned yeah. the van had to get a game, and he was bench material at best. <laughs> I, 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 there can't be many people I'm talking to right now who have not... 
travelled in the back of a, a van or a lorry, but there's no light, and you slide around and back. It's the, the no light that's the shock. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Because yeah. we we did that when my um, my in-laws moved, and we literally it was two roads over, and me and my sister-in-law got in the back, and when they shut the doors, we were sort of like, oh, and then you it's start, and then you pitch black in here, and you try to if your friend has nabbed the seat next to the driver while they're you in the back. <laughs> Going like that on the division between you, and they won't answer you, and you try and talk to them, but if they... And they don't need to pull up that suddenly, away you go again, <laughs> sliding around in the back of a, of a dark vehicle. Here, this is... This is one of the best we ever got. Oh, man. I, know, I appreciate every single one, and uh, uh, we're going to do a huge round-up show of uh, some of the other stuff, but this is one of the best we ever got. Uh, this says... I've got to find the posh music to put on with this. Hang on one second here. Ah, there it is. There it is. Here we go. My First Posh Meal by David. A girl I once worked with told me a story about a posh meal she and her then-boyfriend had. They'd been going out for a while, but they were only about 18, and any previous dinner trips had been down to the local pub for just pub grub. Anyway, around her birthday time, the boyfriend booked a fancy local restaurant as a treat. They'd never really been to any kind of formal sit-down before, and after being seated and presented with the menu and wine, they decided on what she described as a nice bottle of red. This is all very new, and they both felt a little uncomfortable in the not-local pub surroundings, and after a while, the bottle of wine was brought to the table, and the waiter went about removing the sleeve around the neck and uncorking the bottle. He then passed the cork to the young gentleman. The man, wishing to impress his girlfriend, took the cork, smiled at the waiter, and promptly put the cork in his mouth and began sucking it. After doing so for a couple of seconds, he took it out of his mouth and said, Yes, that'll be fine. <laughs> That's from David. Uh, oh. the, like a big old dummy in the mouth. Yes, right. yes, um, yes, it's not the best I've had, but... Um, I can see the logic, though. He, and I better remember my consonants here, he sat there sucking a cork in front of his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and that is a wonder. Oh. It's just typical of the standard we oh. get. Thank you. Uh, uh, so what you got there, Pat? This is from Lewis for <laughs> You Only Had One Job. God, yeah. so I'm not even sure this is a listed subject, but I have to tell it anyway. Growing up, I have a long list of family members who have served emergency service, served in the emergency services or armed forces. And, of course, the family comes with many stories. The best one that popped into my head last night whilst listening to the podcast was of my great-grandfather, who was a fireman. Oh. While on night shift standby at the station in Barhead, where most of my family lived, my great-granddad spent his night in the station having a good game of rummy and, or poker. Mm-hmm. Throughout the night, he and his colleagues began to strip down to their vests. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was an It became Uh-oh. an exceptionally hot summer. Summer's evening. Thinking nothing of the heat, it was summer after all, they carried on. Dawn broke, shift ended, all the lads got ready to go home. And just as they walked out of the door of the station and turned onto the pavement, they noticed the bakers next door had caught fire <laughs> and burned to the ground. No, no! They were never given a fresh roll again. Oh, man! Kind regards, Lewis. No, it's, 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 it's getting ever so hot in here, isn't it, lads? Uh, the... the uh... Is it worth doing down old music hall lane? It probably is. Rob Wilton, the great Rob Wilton, who's mainly known for the day war broke out. Mm. You know, I joined the army and my wife said, what good are you going to be against Hitler? And I said, well, it be just me. There'll be six or seven of us, I should imagine. Right? Anyway, his, his monologues. Uh, but when he's a fire chief, 
and I think it's in an Arthur Askey film, and Arthur Askey walks into uh, the fire office and he's on the phone and he kind of says, it won't be a minute, I'm just taking this. He goes, where are you? Henderson Street. You're in... It's, it's, it's a light now, is it? Yeah, your house. OK, Henderson Street. Now, uh, no, 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 don't tell me. I'm keen to guess. That's when... It's the Rosen Crown's on the corner. Please, <laughs> no, I'll find it. Uh, anyway, he then said, that's it. I knew it was Henderson Street down there. What? Well, can you keep it going till we get there? <laughs> <laughs> Can you keep it going till we get there? Uh, this is, again, of an extraordinary standard. By the way, and I'll come right back to this. Uh, Golden Wonder were bought out years ago. Uh, Named after a potato, of course. And this is oh, good. Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, there's a Golden Wonder variety of potato. Of course, there is. And uh, uh, they had their own brand of peanuts, which in pubs at the time were extraordinarily popular. Big D peanuts. I don't know if you remember. No, the Big D, Big, uh, Big D peanuts. And that was one of the few times in the book I saw the package. Thought, yeah, Big D peanuts. Now everything's owned by like registered in Luxembourg mm. conglomerates. But Big D peanuts. Uh, and, and just beneath that. Uh, I found out, and this is this is why the book is solid gold. At every second in the UK, every second, second. fifty-two McVitie's chocolate biscuits are being eaten <laughs> right now, right this second, and this second, and this second, and this second. Fifty-two chocolate digestives are being. Do you have a back-to-back chocolate digestives? Two at a time. Two at a time. No. Oh, two at a time. Hang on, what do you put you in? You make the... a sandwich out of them, basically. Dunk it chocolate in the tea. Chocolate on the outside or chocolate on the inside? inside. Okay. You make a sandwich out of it. You dunk it in tea, mm. and then you've never felt more alive. Are we on the dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Oh, milk chocolate. Oh, see, I quite like the dark chocolate. Uh, well, I've got nothing against your bonville. Well, see, we can't get bogged down in sweets or we sound like one of those podcasts, but uh, uh, to some extent <laughs> I started a lot of this, so I'm entitled to return to it today. Uh, this is um, Things Dropping from a Great Height. Tell you what, tell you what, tell you what. Let's do an advert. That's a fair time to do it, you know. People have plenty of entertainment. But this is extraordinary. Things dropped from a great height. Okay. In 19. This is from our friend Paul Barrett. Lives in Hong Kong. Can't call you, there's an eight hour time difference. Well, you know, the show's free, Paul. Do something for yeah, us. Do say. something for us. That's only, that's only seven o'clock in the evening. Oh, hang on, he's even ahead of... No, yeah. <laughs> Lazy. Here we go. In 1988, we had a holiday in Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston is the home of a large naval base, and in those days, amazing as it seems, they allowed public entry to parts of the facility in, and, and to visit the decommissioned aircraft carrier. Apparently, many of the scenes on Top Gun were filmed using this particular ship. This is the first time we've seen such a vessel, uh, let alone being on one. The sheer size and scale of it is mind-boggling. We went from deck to deck, taking photos of everything. I, using my brand-new, purchased especially for the holiday camera. Pre-digital, of course, but it was state-of-the-art at the time, zooming in and out and automatic wind... Automatic winding. Whoa, that I remember everything. All, automatic winding. Mm. See, my daughter likes to buy the Instamatic cameras now in a retro way. Yes. Uh, but uh, you do it with your thumb when you wind it on. And only when you got to the end and it went on and on and on and on and on. Uh, so anyway, um, he had automatic winding on his camera and everything. Uh, anyway, uh, it was zooming there and had a blinding flash whether you wanted it or not. <laughs> uh, it was definitely not pocket-sized, quite heavy and powered by two chunky batteries which needed replacing approximately hourly. <laughs> on the very top deck of the ship, I, I leaned... Just remember, don't 
don't zoom, it uses battery. <laughs> See, I like battery. My, my cameras are quite high end, but you have to put four batteries in it. I prefer that because you never charge up. You never know no, when no, it's going to no, go. True. And if you ain't charged it up and you're up the Empire State Building, then you can always nip downstairs, buy some batteries, and you're in business. Don't talk to me about reusable batteries and recharging. Where will we? Oh, yes. So he's on this uh, uh, battleship with his camera. On the very top deck of the ship, I leaned over to attempt what we now called a selfie, but lost my single-handed grip on the camera. It fell through the air for what seemed like minutes before it landed on an overhanging flight deck many floors below. I raced down to collect it. It was smashed to pieces. To avoid embarrassment and, and minimise the effect, I gathered the pieces quickly and stuffed them into my carrier bag and scuttled away. There were no casualties and, to the best of my knowledge, no witnesses. Oh, now, now we're going to so. He's got these, all his bits of his camera mm. in his carrier bag. I ha now had a bag full of broken photographic equipment, wires, batteries and other mysterious workings. There was no way it was going to be repaired. So, to avoid carrying it around and get rid of the evidence, I dropped it into the first waste bin I came across and thought no more of it. The next morning, we awoke in the hotel and put on the local television where they were reporting on the evacuation of the entire naval base because of a suspect device found in a bin. <laughs> I was convinced it would be a matter of time before I was apprehended for this and kept a low profile for the rest of the holiday, convinced that forensic analysis of the camera would lead the FBI straight to our hotel door. I left the country without being apprehended. Isn't that something? So they developed the film that was in there. Oh, of course, <laughs> yeah. That's probably when they said, oh, it's just a camera. But the idea that the base was evacuated because they saw that... that, that that's... Causing evacuations? Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> Setting off alarms and causing evacuations is an ever-present around here, but that is one of the, one of the absolute wow. pips. Sir, so they go through their bins at the end of each day, then, must they? Well, yeah, 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 of course, because that, that you know, that's what people do. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, that, you'd see a few wires and all of this, and mm. of course, you'd, you'd sound the alarm. A tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, email. Thank you very much. What you got there, Pep? We've got Stephen on the line. Hey, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Thank you very much indeed for being with us. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, you'll hear this, show, <coughs> this show in a couple of weeks, and um, uh, no, not a couple of weeks. No, it comes out tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. I'm well, OK. Uh, uh, and I can't remember what I was going to say. Now. Oh, yes, it's, it's really good. It's very, very good, this one. Uh, so, Stephen, why, why are you tugging our coat? Uh, it's linked to a previous story, actually, about mm. a listener who'd spent the first half of the match criticising a fellow supporter's boyfriend. Oh, ah, yes. yes. Uh, if people say it's on one of the others, um, uh, it's, it started as they didn't know you could speak the language and it soon became, um, you know, you, you should have checked who was around you before mm. you, you said certain things. And on that one, somebody spent the whole game screaming and shouting at a, I think it was a cricket player. No, no, it was football. Was it football? And, it was and, football. And pulling and them useless. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't it with a barn door and all yeah, that Yeah, and, and his girlfriend was sitting right next to him and she, <laughs> took, she took it very well. What is your wrinkle on this, Stephen? Well, it's about a, a supporter at a game. So I was due to play in a Nottinghamshire Cup final mm. at Eastwood Towns ground. So local oh. non-league team. Uh -huh. it's, it's not the Maracanar, but it's still nice to play at a proper ground. Of course. Mm. Yeah, we, we weren't a young team, sort of ranging between 25 and 50, but we were all still excited. And as soon as we could, we got changed and we went out to warm up in front of the early supporters that were there. Mm. And 
they were basically the people who'd had to drive us to the game and, and had to get there early. <laughs> so, as you know, the warm-up for any game is unstructured and it basically involves 10 players peppering the goalkeeper with shots. Well, no, no, and... no, I'm just going to stop you there because uh, Ian Wright, whom God preserve, known mm-hmm. in many, many years, and quite rightly he's, he's now you know, reached a wonderful status after his Desert Island Discs and everyone's saying, you know, what a tremendous revelation that show was and how great he is. Well, I've known it for a long time. But before we start canonising Ian... <laughs> Uh, he freely admits that during his warm-up, Steve, when you do, as you say, pepper the goalkeeper with uh, with shots, uh, he would walk up to a teammate and go, see the bloke in the uh, yellow hat to the left of the goal, right? I bet I can knock his hat off. <laughs> <laughs> and Ian used to take shots at crowd members. <laughs> he makes no bones about that. He used to take shots at uh, uh, whoever the opposition were and try to knock their hats off. So, yes, I'm aware of the warm-up process. Go on. <laughs> Well, it was during this warm-up, a teammate put over a beautiful cross that tempted me into a volley that I had no right to attempt. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I did everything right. I watched it onto the laces of my boot. Mm. I, uh, I jumped in the air. I pirouetted perfectly and got an absolutely fantastic connection on the ball. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I hit the ground that I saw it disappearing over a 30-foot set of trees behind the goal <laughs> and, and into the distance. Yeah. Yeah. So, as as you know, with any any local football, if you kick the ball away, the unwritten rule is you have to go and fetch it yourself. Well, I was saying this yesterday. I was I live up on Blackheath, where you had to take your own posts out. And uh, um, when I used to play at school, and we'd often played on Blackheath, take you. It's about 800 yards to the nearest pitch from where the posts were all kept, Steve. And if yeah. you got beat heavily 4-0 in the rain and you had to take your own post back, it was like Golgotha. It was biblical <laughs> because you'd have these... Th- and, and before a game, you say to the other team, losers take the post back and think, oh, no. <laughs> so, yes, you've seen that shot now disappearing over the trees. What next? Yep. Now, luckily, the car park was behind the tree, so the ball hadn't gone far, and I, I went to went to go and fetch that ball. It wasn't until I tried to get back in the ground that my problem started. Mm. So, despite wearing full <laughs> kit, shin pads, and got the ball <laughs> under my arm, the turnstile operator looked at me up and down and just said, adults, £2. <laughs> and of course, oh. I hadn't got any money. I was dressed ready oh. for the match. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. and this is where the supporter comes in, my mum was just arriving at the same time. <laughs> They'd come over from Derby. Oh. And I wasn't having much luck arguing my case, but she was a little bit more persuasive, and eventually she managed to, to convince the turnstile operator you that let I was my boy in. on the pitch. <laughs> and uh, oh, the, I was allowed back in. Well, this, the peps write this down, having to pay for something twice. Oh. Uh, we certainly want that. They wouldn't let you in even though you had the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought your mum was going to go to her purse, go, right, um, it's two quid, but I'm adding that to your broken windows list. Uh, um, wow, Steve, that's a terrific story. How, how did the game turn out for you? Did you get a result out of it? Well, um, I'm quite modest, but I have to say, I scored the winning goal. Um, oh, three bravo. kicks from over 25 yards. It's yeah. only 1 0. Yeah. So that was good. And it makes me wonder if I was almost the first player to ever score the winning goal in a, a cup final that they had to pay to get into. Well, it. I, was, I was going to say that, that cliche you often hear in football is true. The opposition was said, he shouldn't even be on the pitch, him. He shouldn't have even been on the it's pitch. Up. They should not have let him back in. Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, something I need to do, Peps. Oh, OK. Meant to do this at the beginning of the show. We mentioned it the other week, and I've played it with lots of people. I mentioned the great roundup of uh, well, Roundtree's greatest hits. I think all people agree. 
jelly tots. Smart is fruit gums. Now you can arrange those, but let's, let's not fall out over that. All civilised people agree that Roundtree, and Roundtree's a really odd name, isn't it? Mm. But Roundtree, Roundtree started the company. I think I mentioned to you that all Smarties taste the same and you always raise an eyebrow. No, because the orange ones taste of orange. OK, let's find out, shall we? On the way here today... Oh, so I have to be blindfolded. On the way here today... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, how long have they not been round? How long have they been oh, in these hectagonal... Oh, um, three or four years, maybe? It wasn't, wasn't the easiest thing to find, them. And you can't... The, no, uh, the, the plastic no. lid off with the letters. No, you, but by they were me- educational, can I just say. By all means, um, pause this and uh, uh, go and get your own and play along at home. Okay, I'm covering my eyes. All right. And you've got to do that, otherwise it's no fun. Yeah. Actually, come round here, Peps, because it was, uh, otherwise I've got to reach across the table here. Now, if you, it's, it's a, I've tried to get this away as a format. I sent it to Richard Osman. He never replies. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, uh, Asking people, now on BBC One, people taste Smarties and try to guess what colour they are while blindfolded. I'm about to prove you utterly wrong. OK. All you've got, to tell, me, all you've got to tell me is what colour it is, okay. right? You've got to tell me... Uh, but uh, You're squinting. You're looking... I do that. I do <laughs> that. <laughs> you do. You do that. I mean, if it wasn't... Bill can film this. I would, I would actually pop this into your mouth. It wasn't so intimate to do that. But uh, <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to... Right, right. Pop that into your mouth. What else can Right, have a, have a, have a, come to the microphone and tell us what cover that colour is that. Pink. You may take it out of your mouth and see if you're right. It might still have some colour on it. Yellow. Oh, it was no. yellow. <laughs> Zero for I'm one. Zero for one. Zero. Nobody can tell the colours of these things. The brown ones taste more chocolatey. Okay, so off I'm... you go. Off you go. Off you go. What colour is that one? Brown. Take it out again. I'm afraid it's yellow again. Ah, <laughs> done me. Oh, I haven't had smarties in ages. Which? Go on, off you go. No, you had a peep. Oh, 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 no, no, oh, you you lifted You lifted your... Cheat! Oh, Let me ask you something, oh, Pep. Do, oh, do, do, you oh. think, do you think we don't see you? This is like when you? we played Monopoly at home. I am not a cheat. Like a child, I'm you thought, because you've got your eyes shut, we can't see you. Livid. You went. You lifted it up there like a shutter. Oh, I am not my brother. Right, hang on. Right, hang on. Yeah. I promise we'll get back to the show any second now. Let me get back to the show any second. In there. Right. <laughs> Boom. Go, go, no, well, well. Colour's that. If you get this wrong, I've proved my point. What colour's that? I don't do blue anymore, do I? Um, pink. Oh, it's blue! It was blue! <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> no, and, uh, and the very last uh, one, the very last one... Yellow. I'm afraid not. That one's green. So I've got to. Uh, you, you were waiting for the orange, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you the orange in a second. And, but, but because, because, no, you, please, me. please, guys, go, go and go and sit down. You, you've been a great sport. You didn't test my theory. You've been a great sport. Uh, go, um, it, it, but they all taste the same. No, it's the orange one is the only one that why has a they, flavour. Why, why would they do that? Why would they? I don't do know, that? but the orange one is the only one that has a flavour. Now you know and it's you an didn't orange even one. test it. It's absolutely nothing. It must be tap water flavour. It, it literally tastes of ruined, nothing. You've ruined that blind test. No, you had four and you got zero for four. Uh, no, I acknowledge that, but you didn't test me on an orange. Yeah, have an orange. On the orange. Have an orange. And be honest, it doesn't. Ta- it's only because you know it's orange. It doesn't taste of anything, does it? I'll be honest, it doesn't. They used to. <laughs> oh, no, when you bite in, they do. 
They don't. They do. <laughs> that is different. Anyway, look, 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 look. The when you are, bite in, the are, orange is different. People out there saying, when I signed oh, up for my inter- when I signed up for my internet package, uh, I, I didn't think I would be hectored. Look, bite into a red. Then no, bite I'm into not going to. I'm 62 years old. I have experience of Smarties for almost three years now. And, uh, uh, no, the orange is different. No, it didn't. Anyway, play along at home. You didn't play it right. And send us your results. Send us your results by all means. Uh, what you got over there, Pepsi? <laughs> <coughs> I don't exactly. Need a swig. Uh, maybe we should just end the show there. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know. Off you go. This is from Francoise. Several months ago, <laughs> topic. Can't remember subject. Something to do with names you did earlier on. No, the audience is getting as loose as us. Several months ago, I got on... um, Hang on a minute. This is a lady. This is Francoise. Several months ago, I got on a Metrolink train travelling to Manchester. I was in the last tram carriage and suddenly a large quantity of boisterous secondary school boys got on and took most of the seats. Mm -hmm. There was me and them and everyone else getting on look... There was me and them and everyone else getting on looked left and hurried right. This happened for several stops, leaving just me and the lads. A fight broke out behind me, which I could see out the corner of my eye and started to get nasty, three on one. And everyone in the other area, adults, looking at me, pretending not to see. Suddenly, and don't ask me why, it was totally spontaneous, I got up, turned round and shouted, Stop! Be civilised! Oh! Be civilised! Oh, lovely. There was silence. Then they looked at me and started mimicking, Be civilised! Be civilised! The lady says, be civilised. Probably not what they sounded like in Manchester, but I'm not doing accents. Sniggering and pointing at each other while saying, be civilised. I sat down and tried to become invisible, but at least it had stopped the fight. They got off and I breathed a sigh of relief. Two weeks later, I'm on a train bound for Manchester on the Metrolink. As I get up to get off, I hear behind me, look, lads, it's be civilised, be civilised. <laughs> With laughter and chanting. And there, with, lo and behold, boys from the incident. Wow, but that's not a bad nickname to have, to be civilised. And that, 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 that was an intervention there. She doesn't tell us if the poor wretch was, you know, uh, actually sent out the train window. <laughs> but we don't know what happened in the fight, but it broke it up with a little bit of common sense. This is um, about, This has got a names thing going on as well. Uh, and it's under the bracket of pretty raw work pulled at the font. Oh. OK. I gave it their title, but it's just unusual middle names here. Uh, it's from Thomas. <laughs> the grandfather of a friend of mine went by the name of Eric. However, it turned out, to the surprise of most people, that his actual name was Philip. Nobody knows for sure why he went by the name of Eric, although the family think it might be a nickname from when he was younger because he had a very, very bad temper and was known in the local area as Red Eric. How does that... Anyway, at his funeral, we found out that as well as being named Philip and not Eric, his middle name was actually Romulus. Oh! The story behind how he got it was that he had a twin, and when he and his brother were taken to be christened, the priest, who some say may have had a drink, decided that they were twins, and twins should have middle names like Romulus and Remus. The parents weren't consulted, and that was that. He was a lovely man. Very cool in my experience, and have never ever remarked upon his middle name. 
surely a priest can't say no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm chugging a Romulus in Romulus here. Romulus and Remus. Uh, so Do they, they hate each other, Romulus and Remus? No, 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 they, they, no, no, they, they, um, they, uh, they, um, suckled. Suck- they found Rome. They were suckled by a wolf. Uh, and uh, yes, they did. They, they built the hills around Rome. And we'll just let the uh, chapel music come to its conclusion uh, as we ponder uh, Eric the Viking. Not the Viking, Red Eric. Thank you. Uh, what you got over there, Pep? We got Steve on the line. Oh, another Steve. Steve. Good morning, Dan. Good, Good morning, morning to you, Steve. A, a long time ago, when I was playing name poker on the radio, uh, I asked people to uh, add up, Steve, all the all the uh, people they knew of the same name. Mm. So uh, a fellow rang in and said, I know 11 Pats, male and female, and that's a good hand, 11 Pats. You had to have a backhand. And then somebody else rang and said, I know 14 Steves. And he won because he had a good backhand as well. But eventually, um, uh, somebody called and said, I know four Nelsons. Now, four Nelsons oh, is, a better, that, is, a yeah. be- is a better hand than yeah. 13 Steves. Uh, but this is, uh, I, I, I'd have thought so. By the way, Steve, do you know what KP stands for in KP Nuts and KP Crisps? Second one must be peanuts, surely. No, it's it's, uh, it's 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 Kenyan produce. Who knew that? But if you oh. if you go back and listen to the beginning of the show, it's all there. Why are you calling us, Steve? Or are we calling you? <laughs> um, guess about getting records the other way, Dan. After getting your getting, getting the other day. Getting records the other way. Yes. Brilliant. Go on, um, go on my friend. Back in the back in the late seventies, early mid to early uh, late seventies, my old nan used to be the night cleaner at the HMV on Oxford Street. Did she? By the Bond Street one? Yes, of course. David, um, David Hepworth used to work there when I worked around the corner at One Stop Records in South Moulton Street. Uh, we were yeah, contemporaries was... in, in, in the master bag. So, uh, yes, yeah, she was a cleaner there. She was a night cleaner there, and this is the days before security tagging. Mm-hmm. So, uh, luckily era. for us, yeah. she'd bring out, she'd take in a very, very capacious bag every day and bring home anything that current that she thought that we might like. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, this is, this yeah, is family life. Yeah. Yeah. So, the whole family had lots of, lots of lovely records knocking around. Mm-hmm. And after a while, work out of school that I was getting free records. Mm. And soon I was getting requests for all manner of things, mm. you know, Led Zeppelin, Motorhead, ACDC albums. Mm. And then that glorious um, 1978-79 when the Grease and Saturday Night Fever soundtracks come, came out, uh-huh. I was inundated with orders for it. Well, you're talking about double albums there. It's got to be Reinforcer Carrier Bay. You, you, <laughs> you, you only get, well, you only get half to get the uh, booty away. Two double well, albums. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chums at school got, got things for nothing, but after the requests were coming in for Greece and Saturday Night Fever, I was charging a pound, a pound yeah. an album for yeah. Well, I used to and charge, I, must... I used to, when I worked in a record shop and relieved them of many, 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 many <laughs> hit titles, I used to go to pubs on the Old Kemp Road, pound for a single album. Now, you're charging many years later, a pound for a double, so you, you, you're, you're generous. Oh. I, was only, I was only in school at the time, Dan, you know, you can't, you can't be that too... That is neither too here nor there. Business is business, my friend. Continue. <laughs> anyway, well, continue. That's what my name was. Hey, boy, what do you want this week? And I'll yeah. give another list of... <laughs> and, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good, good, good old thing. Cro- crooked, crooked old nans is a wonderful <laughs> subject. Uh, you know, no, but my nan was... Well, she was a salty old nan, and she worked in her time as a docker and a pub owner and drove munitions, trucks and everything else. Uh, but uh, had she had a job in a record shop, I might have loved Alice even more. Uh, and and how, how long did the racket last? 
Uh, about eighteen months, two years in, all of a sudden she 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 decided she just announced they were emigrating to Canada. No thought for my welfare or bulging bank balance. Oh, but and 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 the uh, uh, the idea that you'd have said at that point Canada, but the well, record shop. You're going to you will you will be in another record shop, and it didn't happen, no. No, I'm afraid not. Have but about a year or so after, she went off to Canada and you know, never to be seen again by us. Mm-hmm. Um, HMV obviously did a straight stop take in the store. <laughs> I was going to say that. You know, our thoughts probably should be with the uh, conglomerate, the struggling conglomerate now. I was going to say. Uh, who have got that, well, that shop. Get some, they did get some of their clear. stock back because eventually they raided the night manager's house. Did they? And it, he oh. had two rooms packed from floor to ceiling with unopened boxes. Well, they were just bunts. You work in a shop. If you ever see the film Alfie, when uh, his girlfriend gets a job in a cafe and she's hard up, and he says, ain't it about time you started playing the piano on a till in that place? <laughs> and she says, oh, Alfie, I couldn't do that. And they treat me like family. He said, that's all the more reason to do them. Blimey, that must be the only till in London that ain't bent. And I've got to say, it was that, that gave you an interest in your work. Uh, so the poor store manager, he think he got his colour felt. It, on well, it wasn't poor. It was obviously some kind of kleptomaniac. He had two rooms and they were unopened. He used to take them for the sake of taking them. Oh, them up in no, the that was his and, pension. And, that was it. And, and now... So all, he, was and, given a cust- he was given a custodial in the end yeah. by Her Majesty's government and then HMV got lots of their stock back eventually. But, but on behalf of 90% of the audience and the albums he had, where are they? Are they still there in a sealed room waiting for somebody to go, let's say me, go along and appraise them. Uh, the stock was taken back, I take it. No, I'm, I'm afraid they're all back where they should have been in the first place. We're just talking about should have been in the first place. Come on, sir. Punk rock. Well, they weren't in my house. They might as well go back to someone else. Yeah, matter, I, I, I guess so. Well, thank you very much indeed, my friend. Tremendous correspondence on Crooked Old Nance. <laughs> That was great, Steve. Thank you very much indeed. What you got there, Peps? Um, this is uh, Unusual Shops, Tom, in Edinburgh. It seems that Edinburgh is a rich source for an unusual shop. <laughs> Until recently, on the corner of Gorgie and Dalry Roads, I'm sorry if I've got that wrong, uh, there was a shop that sold double glazing windows and pet supplies. Oh. There was also a shop in Abbey Hill near Leith that was an upholsterer and chauffeur business. <laughs> And there is also, and he's even included a little picture, there is a shop in Leith Walk that sells darts and television supplies. That is beautiful. It has been there since I can remember, and I am in my 60s. Well, as I say, this started when uh, probably never been beaten. There was a shop in Norfolk that sold um, shellfish and suits of armour. Yes, there it is, and outside it advertises on huge boards... Darts and televisions. <laughs> I suppose that there's a crossover there. This is um, probably the last one for today. Which is a shame. You see, if radio hadn't collapsed, thus, you know, uh, urinating on the grave of, of, of Marconi, because that's what it's if done. Please. Urinated on the grave of Marconi, we'd be on every morning. We're just, just ligging around, urinated on the grave of Marconi. This is from uh, Richard. I thought I'd share this with you. Uh, this is um, getting phrases wrong mm. or misunderstanding uh, mangling phrases. thought I'd share with you this. Many years ago, I was on holiday with my wife in Cornwall. We were walking by the sea when the heavens opened and I said, Oof, nice weather for ducks. And she turned at me looking astonished and said, Topsy and Tim, I didn't know you read Topsy and Tim. <laughs> I was astonished, but apparently this is what the milkman says to the twins in one of the books, and my wife thought it was unique to copy to that particular book. <laughs> what do you mean? It's everyone. No, it's top. It's from Topsy and Tim. 
It's a very, very thin <laughs> reference, but I never let her forget this. And confusion with phrases seems to be inherited by our son. The other day he was searching for the phrase, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but said, oh, eh? The acorn plops straight down, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I will adopt this. Yeah, Topsy and Tim. You, 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 oh, you, uh, yeah. um, they've made a TV version of Topsy and Tim, okay. of which Wilbur is a big fan is of it? Topsy and Tim. Uh, to the fact that when I showed him yesterday my very own Topsy and Tim books that have been saved at my parents' house, he was like, who, who are these kids? Oh, we didn't they realise the original ones on the telly. Yeah, oh. I know, disappointing. I always found... Oh, sorry, I hit the microphone. I always found them a bit... Thin, Topsy and Tim books. A little bit thin. They're uh, a bit perfect family. Oh, I don't mind that. Mm. I don't mind. I don't mind that at all. Mummy doesn't really get cross when they do really naughty things. She understands. I quite like that. <laughs> I quite like that because out. there's a, something you know. I, I don't. But the idea that the stories were, I hate to say it, but they, they, you know, the author was nicking a living for a while. <laughs> Uh, I think we're virtually done. It has. We've got down to some of the things. We proved the smartest thing, if nothing else. Uh, you got something there? Should I do a last unusual things in the cinema? Yeah, go on. It's from Jamie the Millwall fan in Brighton. <laughs> on a very warm day in the summer of 1998, my father and I went to see Armageddon in the local Odeon. Oh, that's a long haul, that film. Yeah. Bear in mind, hot day. Mm. To our disbelief, a funny old chap a couple of rows ahead gave her had himself a picnic of sorts. He said, bear in mind, it's about 25 degrees in the set theatre. Not only did he pull out a large 1.5-litre bottle of bitter lemonade, but a piping hot microwave lasagna. Oh, in the cinema. Which he ate with his plate, cutlery and napkin. A man alive. No, no well, I think we've if made I finished a, on the low we've, there. We've, no, no, we've made my views known upon that, any eating in public, and especially in football grounds and anywhere else, but it seems... One, two, three, four... Three, Always do, Wisby. That Saturday show done. We'll be back on Wednesday again with you. Louise Pepper co-hosting with me on the other side of the table. Phil Wilding and Josh holding it all together for something else productions over here. But as always, and I think you can tell, it's chiefly yourselves. I'll see you on Wednesday. Next time on The Treehouse, having to pretend you're not terrified, paying for something twice... And the first time you were jealous about something.